What you about to witness is my thoughts. Just my thoughts, man. said jeremy you're the ricky williams of education you got it all but you just wasted it stuck with me i'm like 16 years old and this adult grown-ass man's telling me i'm a waste of life damn that's really good well, where, where'd you go to school what part of town did you grow up uh, i didn't grow up in india i grew up okay. in it's close to fort wayne okay but a little town called uniondale with population 300 oh my god <laughs> small yeah. town yeah um, the bigger town that was like closer is called Bluffton. Okay. But it's a little I bit feel south like I've heard of Bluffton. Yeah. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in today. I'm excited about this podcast. I say that every time, but we got a cool guest. This guy's got a lot more experience than uh, most people that I've had on here and just about anybody that's his age. We got Jeremy Miller, 21 year old Wonderkin. <laughs> He's been on Forbes, uh, Bloomberg, Huffington Post. He just told me he did a thing with NASA. <laughs> it's pretty fun. I'm pumped for this, man. It's going to be exciting. I didn't realize I appreciate it was like that. having me here, man. I yeah, appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, well, um, I appreciate you coming to my to my race. Absolutely. Uh, I especially appreciate that you and your roommate showed up in astronaut suits. <laughs> What, what well we knew that it was like a, a costume type theme and so we were like walking into the costume uh like store like literally damn near an hour before the race and we we're just walking through we kind of had like a base idea like 70s theme you know pretty typical for like fitness but i saw these astronaut suits and i was like i'm gonna buy this regardless if mm-hmm. i wear it but then we just kept thinking about like what if we wore astronauts it's like branding you gotta kind of st- stick yourself out there a little bit there's gonna be a bunch of indie influencers fitness influencers and not like we we're trying to make you know, make a name for ourselves, but just kind of like stick out of the crowd a little bit. And damn near the pictures that we got, like you could see like his astronaut, like in the back of all the people. So it, it was fun. <laughs> I'd say it was right on brand because you are also wearing a NASA jacket. Yes. Right and now. I got a rocket ship tattoo and an oh, alien, nice. some other things. <laughs> I see the uh, little chemical sign there as well. Yep. That? Serotonin. So uh, nice. that really like that, you know, yeah, you probably heard of it, but that really stems to all my purpose in life. You know, ultimately, um, you know, our brain works very in like loops and it's very like cyclical and, and, mm-hmm. and all these different triggers, um, can trigger different chemicals in our brain. You, you work out, endorphins are released. You feel pumped. You, you scroll on social media, do you drug, you have sex, dopamine is released. You feel good. So serotonin, which is kind of like one of the four, uh, chemicals, including oxytocin that really regulates your whole die, your whole, your whole day, um, ultimately makes you feel like satisf- satisfied, like fulfilled in life, but like on a deeper level. <laughs> Um, on like a, sometimes it can be a spiritual level, um, but really just like for why you exist on this earth. And one of the quickest ways to trigger this chemical serotonin, cause our brain works on like scientists theorize rather, I should say that your brain works on like if then sequences, if you hold a door open for someone, if you, um, be there for someone, you know, they're crying on your shoulder, like whatever the case may be, or like you are putting someone else's needs above your own serotonin is released in your brain and you feel good and you feel purposeful and i struggle with depression and all these kind of things and and ultimately you know long story short um entrepreneurship or being in business feeling that impact on other people is therapeutic to me so like yes i was building businesses to help people and market products for companies but ultimately it was like giving me the satisfaction of fulfillment that like i actually matter on this earth and like i can ha- i can have a difference so yeah 
This is going to be a fun it, podcast. I'm so excited. And I have it right there on my hand so that, because a lot of depressed, you know, people who struggle with depression are like, oh, is that serotonin? Then I get to share my story okay. and it ends up being a good door opener. Nice. Yeah. So when did you get that? Uh, I think like maybe early 2019, maybe 2018. I actually got like very few tattoos, 2019, um, but 2020, I've got like maybe 10 that I want to get. Okay. Yeah. He's going to keep uh, Eventually work on the sleeves and everything. Nice. Okay. Bet. <laughs> That'd be fun to see. Shout out to uh, Jason Bancroft. He he does all my tattoos. He's super good. I've been thinking about getting one. Dude. I don't have any. Jordan Burns, one, myself, Adam Karendang, Luke Rex, Ashley, and um, Jordan's girlfriend, I believe her name is Kayla. We're all going to get a tattoo together. So if you want to join us, <laughs> like, it'll be a fun time. <laughs> we're all going to get different ones. You know, it's not like we're all going to get the same thing, but just like one that. day. Are you guys going to all get like a <laughs> Indian <No>. influencer <laughs> tattoo? That'd like, be pretty funny. But uh, no, just like... Each one's going to get like a little text or a little shape or whatever. Mm -hmm. Just something that is meaningful to all of us. Yeah, I've been thinking more and more about it. I don't know why. Like, I just kind of have this hankering to mark myself. Yeah. Like, and make it my own. So you haven't had one yet? I have no, yeah, no so tattoos. So I will no say, and you, you probably heard this, once you get the one, it gets addicting. I've heard, head. yeah. So like my, my rule of thumb, of course, I didn't get like any last year. My rule of thumb is if I have an idea for a tattoo that I feel like is meaningful, I feel like is important. Um, I have to wait 30 days. And if I think about that too, for all 30 days, I'm like, okay, bad. I'm going to get it. Cause literally like you get the first couple of tattoos and you're like, Oh, I now have 25 new ideas for tattoos. <laughs> and if you have the money, it's very easy to go back and get like six or seven in one day. So just trying to find that balance. Yeah. So are they all just like smaller and on your arms? Yep, or? Primarily. So I got a big wolf right here, which is like a, a deep story. So it's got like an Aztec and realism shape design. Um, but a lot of them are like little, sayings or little shapes that might mean Equations. things so this one is like g and then a globe so go travel because like you know i just shared with you like i had terrible grades in high school didn't almost graduate didn't go to college and primarily most of if i could sum up my three biggest sources of learning it's traveling solo or sometimes with people uh, but mostly traveling solo mentors and google but a lot of stems from like meeting people understanding how people work cultures that has really been an impact you know or affect all areas of my life is just genuinely travel and it inspires you and opens up perspectives and all these different kind of things like that. Yeah. There's something like every time that I've ever gone on a vacation, that's actually long enough to, you know, get out of the day to day. Yeah. You always come back a different person. Yeah, exactly. It, it's almost like that, you know, if you've ever been on a mission trip and, and then, you know, wherever you go, it's like you just get these perspectives that can enhance your vision for like yourself or the people you work with or for your company or business. Like I think everyone should, and nowadays, it's honestly so it can be so cheap to travel. Mm -hmm. There are many, many plethora of different ways to get cheap flights or get sponsors, et cetera, et cetera. And I think everyone should spend some time, save up whatever, and have like a big solo trip or with your significant other and just really get out of your comfort zone. Because staying in your bubble, especially like in Midwest Indiana, you know, I have also an Indiana tattoo. You know, I love Indiana. I love the Midwest. And we have a lot of pride in the tech and innovative opportunities. But still, if we stay in this bubble, forever than you know just your your mindset and what you believe is possible it is just so finite and you really want to keep expanding that as we kind of grow do you in in your work that you do are you able to work from anywhere could you do the the whole laptop lifestyle mostly mostly yeah so my nonprofit is pretty much the only thing that requires me to be more physically but that's usually when we have an event and we mm -hmm. only have events like maybe like once or, or twice a quarter so primarily i could um I could be any part of the country, but I just have so many meetings, <laughs> yeah. which can be some of the biggest waste of times ever. But oh, a lot of times, uh, you're just meeting with people. That's why I'm usually here. But 
I'll be in Mex I'll be in Milwaukee in a couple weeks, be in Mexico next next uh month in February and plan on some other stuff too, some speaking stuff, stuff like that. I'm always I'm always trying to again find that balance between staying home, getting shit done because you know we all have our duties, right. responsibilities, but also getting myself out there, expanding my mind, all those mm-hmm. kind of things. You've been so you spoke in Europe. What was that like last year? Uh, yep, yeah, that was uh last fall madrid spain first time in europe first first real international speaking gig it yeah. was it was really cool you've done a bang up job of branding like branding yourself and Thank getting you. yourself out there and obviously i mean you're you're 21 years old and you sound like you're 10 years older than <laughs> that. Um, Appreciate that which i was you. curious about because i remember like coming across your profile maybe like a year ago i was like all right we got another jeremy <laughs> motherfucker in this city who is this guy <laughs> And uh, I was like, oh, he's just a kid. And then, oh, he's actually a brilliant fucking kid. <laughs> so we got two uh, two Jeremys that are just going to be doing some, hopefully some big things. Hell yeah, yeah man. Probably uh, in different areas. But what, uh, like, how did you get started in this part of, like, getting your word, like getting speaking your message the, out there? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, so long story short um after failing a skateboard company in high school which was like my introduction to entrepreneurship it it failed lost a lot you know eight thousand dollars but it like defined like that i want to be an entrepreneurship because like i did that same shit yeah dude like <laughs> it, it exactly like it, you still felt this like positive impact because you're like wait that was ex- even though it failed which sucks but i still felt like i could be impactful and yeah. so after that company um i started like a social media marketing company because during that time i had like a hundred million impressions organic on just getting content to go viral on Twitter. This was back in 2014. So there was a, there's not a lot of saturation out there. So it was pretty easy to just Mm -hmm. get stuff to go viral. If you could learn just some basic new algorithmic nuances and just do some collaboration with some other big pages. Um, But so long story short, um, I started the social media marketing company and pretty much just managing like social media profiles for companies, not really driving business value, but just getting very bare level understanding about branding and storytelling, all that kind of stuff. Well, Again, long story short, um, you know, I was reading lots of articles online about marketing and Facebook advertising, which is this, it wasn't new at the time, but it was becoming new, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And there's this guy on the internet who I kept reading about named Dennis Yu. Dennis Yu, his background is he spent a billion dollars at Yahoo, worked right into the CMO, like did all their data digging. He was like one of the first data diggers, um, you know, data developers and were like worked his all the way up. And then as the kind of Yahoo was starting to kind of like have their tipping point of like, we're losing relevancy. He built an advertising software on his own and then sold it to Yahoo for a decent sum of money. Left Yahoo, started a company called Blitzmetrics, which is a company nowadays, which is a very, very but large seven figure marketing agency where they do the advertising for Golden State Warriors, GoDaddy, Nike, like advertising and online advertising at some of the highest levels. Mm-hmm. And so, Based on my senior year of high school, I had this like social media marketing company where I was like just kind of managing profiles, but I wanted to drive like actual business value. Like, what does it mean to really have a you know a successful business where like you have a product and revenue team, but then build like a powerful brand where like you can create raving fans and get them to share your brand and share your social media and get people to talk, you know, drive word of mouth marketing. You know, word of mouth mm-hmm. marketing is the most powerful form of marketing. But if you can like amplify that by creating raving fans, like it was just very powerful. But of course I had not known that at the time, but I was kind of learning that. And Dennis Yu, you know, I stayed in Phoenix, Arizona for a couple months right after graduating high school and just really learned consumer psychology and like different 
uh, truths about the algorithm and all these different kind of things. And I learned about this phenomena at the time called personal branding. Like you can have a great company, you can have, you can even work at a company, not have your own company, but your own personal brand is a separate entity. And it can be this, this inbound funnel, this magnet of opportunity for your company or for other things. And especially mm -hmm. for me as someone who is in like marketing consulting, I contractual work, having a brand where I could like demand authority around a topic or, you know, be on an article or some magazine, whatever, like would pay off in dividends. Cause I, you look at a client or, you know, whatever that might be. And so, um, just by leveraging a lot of insights that he taught me and then just really diving deep in the social media and just understand like, what is the story that, that I've had, you know, cause I mentioned, you know, I had depression, all these kind of things encapsulating my story in a way that like is shareable and inspirational, putting out on social media, receiving positive feedback from people, and then just continually iterating my content. Um, developing relationships with writers and articles, you know, um, and just kind of building almost like as selfish as it sounds, building almost like an ecosystem for, or like an ecosystem, like around my name, like, you know, cr getting myself to be a topic of conversation within social media and greenwood in the Indiana or getting on a TV, you know, WTHR TV spotlight in Indianapolis and then trying to appear as this like rising star entrepreneur. Cause while a lot of that's just vanity and BS, if we're being totally honest, it could still drive business value, help me get clients yeah, or help me just charge even more. And so mm -hmm. just continually um, leveraging different kind of things and got a few speaking gigs here and there and be building my personal brand, having a dope website and ultimately personal branding just creates, makes opportunities come to you. You know, right. like at my nonprofit, the Startup Foundation, we encourage high schoolers to be like looking for opportunities. And it's very, very important as an innovative entrepreneur to go through your life or look at your personal life and identify different opportunities that like you can make a difference or apply your unique solution to or solve a problem. But if you build a personal brand and like command authority on certain topics, literally your inbox can be some, one of the most exciting things ever that you can wake up to. Cause you're like, Whoa, I just got hit up to go speak in Madrid, Spain. Honestly, I didn't even think it was real at first. Like I had to like find out, okay, who are you guys? What are you doing? Cause it was just some random people, but like, I didn't, you know, normally people might have to fight for that or they might have to like, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with selling yourself, being your own PR agency, saying, hey, can I speak at your conference? But when you can build that personal brand, put out lots of content and mm -hmm. just syndicate that also all across social media platforms, then you're just creating a magnet of opportunity uh, and ultimately it just comes down to law of reciprocity. You know, whatever seeds you're trying to sow, you're trying to manifest, it can, you know, produce just incredible fruit, which, you know, wh whichever kind of fruit you might be you know, desiring. Right. So, I mean, there's a little it's more of a leadership parable but the lighthouse first the tugboat and basically you're doing lighthouse exactly. marketing exactly 100 percent. and we would even have a term for some of our clients a lighthouse client like yeah. one of our biggest clients that we would do well we would build all of our marketing collateral around what we've done for them which builds their brand because we're sharing and we're getting good mm -hmm. social media profile but then it'll you know fall back on us and build our brand because like people are like oh you guys did that for this company that's impressive and yeah ultimately just finding mutually beneficial relationships for writers for Forbes or writers for you know, podcasts, you know, people who have podcasts or different companies. Um, and then just letting like the compound effect in time just kind of, you know, run its course. And mm -hmm. as long as, you know, we're just doing the right thing, planting right seeds, you know, life can be absolutely amazing. Now, don't get me wrong. Like I'm privileged and blessed as hell. Like I was born in Green, Indiana, amazing parents and amazing mentors. And like, I can't take credit for all of it, but um, just kind of really being intentional um, as we go through this life can just produce beautiful fruit. Yeah, where'd you say you're from? Uh, Greenwood, Indiana. Greenwood? Yep. Okay, that's so my, probably my like 30 minutes there. south there. Yeah. Yeah. She went to Center Grove. Yep. Okay, so I went to Center Grove for a while, then 
switched to a private school and then got expelled from that school then went to that private school again <laughs> had a crazy childhood upbringing nice <laughs> <laughs> and i i like what you were talking about so like clients come to you so i what i do for my like one of my incomes is i run basically just run facebook ads absolutely for okay bet awesome um, but it's been super easy to be like, yeah, I actually own the Indianapolis Fitness exactly. Magazine too. And they're Gives like, you authority. Boom, okay, well, exactly. you know what you're doing. Here's my money. Gives you that credibility. There's no selling process at that point. Yeah, zero. Exactly. Zero. It makes life so much easier. Mm. But it was, you know, it was something to where, like, I didn't attach my name to Indy Fitness Magazine. Mm. So, like, people aren't looking up my name and seeking me out. But right. It's just a tool that I have in my tool belt. Be it, like, hey, yeah, I, I do know what you. I'm doing. Right. So, like, you can see by this. Absolutely. And, and you're kind of behind the scenes pulling all those strings. When yeah. people learn that, they're like, oh, you're yeah. that guy. That's my personal brand. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And I totally, I totally respect that. You know, A, there's so many different types of personal brands out there, but sometimes being that, like, mysterious type of figure and not the person always in the top of conversation can sometimes be, A, more enjoyable. Like, I love Marshmallow. Because, you know, like the DJ, <laughs> yeah. highest paid DJ in the world, famous as hell. But, no, I mean, his face has been leaked a couple of times, but he can walk down the street and have like a normal life. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a beautiful, awesome balance. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I never really thought about that. But, yeah, I mean, that's been, I want my, one, I want my work to speak for itself. Mm, and fine. then, two, like, I prefer to have that mystery because there's a lot more power in mystery Absolutely. than having all your cards out. Facts. Um, have you read 48 Laws of Power? I assume you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great book. What do you think? Um, who's who's author? Robert Green. Yeah. So we we had Robert Green on on the podcast. So Shut the so up. we had so it was dude. like well a to answer your question, dude. Forty eight laws of power, the laws of human nature. Literally some of the most powerful books. Like these, Mastery. those are kind of books that like I would not want to have a sociopath to learn because they're yes. literally tools to if you wanted to manipulate human behavior and all those kind of things, but. Yeah, dude, Robert Greene is probably one of the, the most intelligent um, thought leaders on human behavior and just yes. how our humans work. Because, you know, we've been here for thousands of years and there is a you know, there's a pattern in how we operate. And he's just done all of us, the, the due, he's just done the due diligence of compiling it into like a very easy to understand, but also challenging reads. And mm-hmm. man, super, super smart. Mastery, too. Mm. Dude, the that, ma- that one that Master Key life. to Riches. No, Mastery. Okay, I haven't read that one. So that one changed my life more than the other ones. I've mm. read them all, but that one changed my life more than the other ones just because it gave me more of a long-term view of like mm. the life's work that I'm building yeah. rather than like how am I uh, working with people in the social environment? How am, I, how am I understanding people around me? This one just like taught me how to view my craft over the long term. That's wise on it. Playing that macro game is so much more wiser than just short-term wins. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I love the short-term wins, but it's, like, slowed things down for me in a massive Mm. way to where, like, I don't feel like I have to rush all the Mm. time. Yeah, and that probably gives you, like, peace and harmony, which is, like, so... I don't have much of that, but (laughs) it it should give me peace and harmony. (laughs) Uh, Develop some levels of it, maybe. Yeah, yeah, in certain areas, I definitely do. Uh, but man, that's so cool. We got to meet him. There's like probably a short list of people I would do anything to sit in a room with, and he would be up he, there. He is definitely one of those people for sure. Yeah, we've been able to have, you know, actually, Gary Vee is one of the reasons why we are a 501c3. We were trying to sell this school, this class to schools, and there's probably like 45 different schools who like are implementing this classroom, and it was great, but schools move so slow. Mm-hmm. And Gary Vee was literally like, Don, my president, was interviewing him on the podcast, and he was in his office in New York, and Gary was like, it's going to take you 10 years to really get the school system or even longer to get the school system to do half the stuff that you guys want to do. 
f the schools you know and build your build the ecosystem outside the schools still partner with them and leverage mm-hmm. those relationships like we do absolutely but build that ecosystem of innovation and that culture of you know entrepreneurship and you know the, the whole nine yards our whole feel um but just not you know lean on the schools because we were doing that for many years and it was getting pretty exhausting yeah so what is the started up foundation for sure so we empower high school innovators entrepreneurs and um essentially how we do this we have like a three-tier model system spark develop execute and to kind of preface that a little bit um we envision a world where young people are freed of apathy complacency um, addiction um, purposelessness by embracing the creativity and purpose and responsibility of an entrepreneur way of being so whether that's that's a fucking mission right there thank I you i appreciate that. that so whether that's like you're an entrepreneur and you're starting a company or you're an entrepreneur at a company and you're innovating driving value mm-hmm. etc cetera, etc cetera. and so there are three tier models basically spark develop execute our top level is we just spark small levels of interest uh, entrepreneurship interest in young people help them develop a little bit of confidence uh, we believe a lot of young people have great ideas and they have a lot of great energy and a lot of uh you know the ability to work hard and you know leverage social media but they might not have the foundation or the processes or the understanding or the maturity to actually build a business and so but you're know, just kind of understanding human psychology and understanding uh, students who don my president he's been a teacher for 21 years just having confidence can be one of the most important things for a young person yeah. so our top level is called spark just sparking that interest we have a monthly event in different chapters around the state of indiana and we're actually about to expand outside the state where it's essentially called a student innovation night where a nonprofit or a local small business comes in and there's there's 40 kids um, at, at the event the nonprofit pitches who we are what we do why we do it and then like l- a legitimate problem that they're dealing with whether it's product marketing market fit hr social media whatever that might be mm-hmm. then after the students high schoolers hear that you know hear all this information they collect it and you know, they'd be good, good listeners because that's part of our teaching um they go break off into whiteboard you know brainstorm they break off into teams they brainstorm they whiteboard they come up with solutions for that problem they elect a representative then they pitch that solution to the nonprofit um, at the end of the event, and then our nonprofit awards that team of high schoolers five hundred dollars to go implement that solution for that nonprofit. So they're not necessarily creating a whole business, but they're they're able to, to see the value that they can have in the world, right. ultimately sparking the interest. And then the, the develop level, where basically you know it's it's literally like a funnel system spark because we're hitting many many people develop level fewer amount of students but we can still hit a lot of students there those are essentially where we develop like actual skills for the student like actual marketable skills whether that's helping them learn how to code learn sales learn legal you know whatever the ramifications or the the different um facets of business that they need to learn whether it's a very soft skill whatever that might be and so we do that through like hackathons Mm -hmm. 12 different 12 hour long events um much deeper problems that they're having to come up with full business plans business modeling even sometimes creating that solution during that 12 hours and then our most bottom level, which is execute, helping these students like execute on the economy, actually execute their ideas. And we have an incubator partner with the state of Indiana, which is where we get most of our funding. And that's basically a statewide pitch competition. It's the whole funnel system and an incubator is essentially, if you have an idea in your head, we're gonna help you get it to the whiteboard and then just test in the marketplace a little bit. It's not ready for it to be a business. It's mm-hmm. definitely not a company yet, but it's, it could be a good idea. And you're just yeah. kind of incubating that idea. And then we have an accelerator, which we're currently building, which is 30 days, uh, you know, these 10, uh, 10 student businesses that we have handpicked across the country. They're coming to Indianapolis. They're, you know, their butts are in the seats every single day. We have workshops, um, lectures, time for them to actually work on their business, mentor swarms, all these kind of things. and really hopefully taking 10 student businesses who have 
they have their LLCs, they have some base level traction, some, some, you know, they have some sales and everything, but they just need like the foundation of legal or some mentors or an understanding of what it means to build a team, whatever that might be, you know, all the different facets of business. And then within that 30 days, um, they can have some, they can be a little bit more equipped to actually be sustainable. And there's like a month of pre-work and then there's a, a month of post-work. So it's actually like more like 90 days, but it's 30 days actually in Indianapolis. And so that's one thing that we're building right now. And then we have a podcast and um, just some other things like that, that ultimately just try to create conversations around um, young people and education and, and innovation. That's amazing, man. Thank you. I really wish I would have had something like that. I was right? In high school, I was like, <laughs> dude, I was buying whole pizzas and selling them by the slice in like the parking lot. I love that. Like, shit the, like the, that. genuine hustle. I mean, that's why I have this alien tattoo. Like, I didn't have, you know, this classroom that Don had where it just open source learning for students. Like, any idea that you had, you know, that was what he was a teacher. Any idea that you had, you could work on this idea. I went to a Christian all white conservative private school like it was very you know there wasn't a lot of opportunity to have like unique ideas like right. it was you follow this regiment and for someone who had terrible grades wanted to be an entrepreneur i felt alienated as heck and so i totally feel that man i, I wish i would have something like this when i was in high school too you know what's wild is i didn't even know what entrepreneur was like until like halfway through college i was like oh shit that's <laughs> literally what i do facts dude <laughs> yeah i love that and so like I think like nowadays everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, but Facts. it's very like, trendy. Yeah, very very <laughs> trendy. But I I take a little solace in knowing that I was an entrepreneur before I even knew what an entrepreneur was. You were an actual entrepreneur versus a entrepreneur. Yeah, well I was one of those too. I definitely was one of those. We so, we all were at some point. Right. Time. Yeah. It's a funny thing. It's like my first company. I was playing business like I was just pretending to run a business and mm. I lost ten thousand dollars in investment money. We have pretty similar stories. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And. It was like fucking terrible to lose all that money that wasn't mine, and it was terrible to lose. Period. Absolutely. Best year of my life. Exactly. Though. Exactly. It sucks on the surface level, but then we realize, like, wait, failures can be a precursor to success, and they can literally be these opportunities where you can learn more about yourself or learn more about how you can how the world actually works. Like, bro, like, don't stop a failure. Yeah. Like, true failure is like when you quit and you have regret. Yeah. You know. I mean, you and you see like, oh. That really was fucking painful, and I didn't die. Facts, exactly. <laughs> it makes things like that are just like that really get other people just really upset or distraught, like smaller problems, and like literally just rolls right off my chest. Dude, it's one one, one thing that I I really like was struggling with when I was younger, starting the skateboard company, was I thought that it was gonna be like a scar on my life forever. Like people would always remember that, but it's weird. Like oh, man. I've twisted it to be a part of my story. You know, yeah. it's like it's actually inspirational to some people who. Who, you know they failed or whatever and what i've learned is like it's not you know the it's not failing itself that like stops people from being achieving their greatness we're all destined for like amazing greatness as humans especially if you live in america like you have so much opportunity to be amazing like there's no reason to complain uh but it's the fear of failure that just holds people back and if we can just have these like these mental breakthroughs and then have these mental transformations whatever that might look like for you personally getting it you know over those fears and just starting and it's okay to if you mess up like that's part of the journey yeah i think what you're doing and like teaching these kids at i mean i keep saying kids and they're only a few years younger than you <laughs> i keep forgetting you're so young it's all right like in teaching these younger people that it's okay to fail at a young age because like the older you get the harder it is exactly to take that risk. like if you're young now's the time to fail yeah because you, you, you definitely don't want to fail if you have kids and a wife or right. bills and everything like that I mean, that still stresses every now and then, a lot harder. but it's a <laughs> lot harder. So if you're yeah. young, like, why not fail now? Yeah, exactly. And I think that was, I think the entrepreneurs that I know that are, that are entrepreneurs, right. like 
in every sense of the word, they're the ones that have all learned all that, and they're Facts. just like, fuck it. Like, so true. Okay, I fucked up, and I'll get back on the horse and try again. Exactly. It's part of the process. Yeah. And it's, it's fun to, to – I mean, it sucks whenever you're going through that part of it, but whenever you – do get out the other side and you're like a totally different person yes. like a hardened yes like more battle ready entrepreneur exactly it's, it's tougher so much better yeah you have a sense of what resilience and perseverance means and that's like i i really t- can't take credit i'm just so thankful for the like the associations that i had in my life and like the mentors that i had who helped me you know realize those things if i was a you know solo lone wolf th- this entire time i would have quit and i would have stayed down I mean, maybe I would have, you know, got back up, but it re- I really leveraged just, you know, outside perspectives and because I was really young, you know, it was, yeah. it's, it's, a uh, you're going through life. There's a lot of challenges and all the, you know, all these fit messages out there, but having like just good people around you who can build you up and empower you and support you, but be real with you, give, give you that right. tough love, which is just as important as encouraging, um, maybe super vibe, maybe more yeah. facts. That's so true. <laughs> yeah. Like Amber, he owns, he owns Hellspot and he's somebody that whenever I need advice, I go to him, not yes. because he's going to make me feel better because it's going to be quite the opposite. Exactly. Like that is so valuable. And the fact that you're able to like be accepting that, receive that sh- shows why you can be the great entrepreneur, great leader, great future dad, great husband, all those kind of things. Cause you're like, I'm willing to face that, you know, right you know, as close to my face as I need to, because, you know, that's ultimately how we're going to you know, overcome those things. Yeah, but that's a muscle, too. Like Facts. we were just talking about, like you, you get used to those conversations because you seek them out and they Facts. don't hurt that bad. They Facts. are just super helpful. So true. Yeah. And just over time, it, it the pers- my perspective is so much different, I think, just from going through like the trenches mm. compared to most of my friends that are working like in their regular jobs that right. are, you know, they're successful in their work. They're doing really well. But my perspective is a hundred percent different than theirs, yeah. based on the trials and tribulations. Exactly, I've put myself through some, you know, just by being part of the process. Some just bad decisions. Exactly, but you know, you learn from those. Ugh, man, I love talking about perspective, this shit. dude. Perspectives are so valuable. Uh, speaking of perspective, my friend Roger. You know Roger? Roger what? Roger Casilla. I don't know. I, honestly, like I was just talking with Adam Carandang. Like the, I feel like the the two common ways we know and recognize people is their name and face, of course, right? But like I feel like nowadays, like if I know can view their Instagram profile yeah. or Twitter, it's like, oh yeah, I, I knew yeah. them. Yeah, <laughs> so if I saw their profile, I'd probably know. <laughs> I'm just now getting back into Twitter. Like it's really hard because I did it. I was doing Twitter back like you were talking earlier yep. when it was a lot different. It was yeah. so much so different. different. <laughs> like I built, I don't know, I had probably ten different sports history accounts oh was, shit yeah okay, so like bet. i had a hundred and some thousand followers oh okay bet heck yeah yeah dude. So you're like, we, <laughs> we have you said really that. similar yeah. stories and i love that the one was uh who who history so it was iu history i basically just like ripped off the iu archives and posted their pictures but i dude, found out amazing. like what people engaged with exactly and what caused them to share things like that is so valuable yeah yeah and that's that's exactly how I was able to take those skills and start indie fitness. Back exactly. Because I learned all that shit in Twitter and then Twitter took a dump and I was fucking <laughs> hated Twitter. Cause I put all that fucking time. Did you do the whole tweet deck it. thing every now and then? Did you use that tool? Tweet deck? Tweet oh, deck. Yeah. yeah. Dude. Absolutely. Yes. Oh my gosh. Dude, <laughs> good yeah, good we, times, man. <laughs> tweet deck. Actually, uh, one of my clients still does Twitter, which is tough to have somebody else do your business. Twitter. Mm. That's brutal. Facts. Yeah. I don't know if I would pay anybody to do it. Well, one thing I Twitter's it's, it's a really crazy beast with advertising, but one thing that I learned through Generator, which is like a this a top tech startup yeah. accelerator in the world, really was 
what they've seen for good Twitter advertising, and this was probably like a year and a half ago, so it could have changed since then. But a trend that I've seen is ads on Twitter that like perform well, that get good engagement, and then can actually drive website traffic, then can actually drive conversions is when it's an ad from like personal pages. So like if it's a brand and you know it's a company running the ad, I mean, A, the ad's probably gonna be terrible because most Twitter ads are awful, but your first inclination is like, oh, I'm not interested. But if it's a person, for like a split second more, you're a little bit more interested. And if the copy's good mm-hmm. and if the creative's good, like, okay, you got my attention for a little split second even more. And so just by leveraging that persona, and again, personal branding, like humans, like we we have this higher trusting to trust the human being. Like that's why Tesla has zero dollar advertising budget, but they're now like $10 billion worth more than uh, Ford and General mm-hmm. Motors because Elon Musk's personal brand and creating those raving fans to drive all that free earned media. It's yeah, it's a whole strategy to it. Just being interesting in himself has built his entire company. Exactly. And it's so interesting to like watch from afar. I want to meet that I'm guy. I'm glad one you day. mentioned the uh, the Twitter ads coming from a personal account because I've been seeing that a lot and I hadn't connected the dots. Like I, I'd seen that, you know, huge accounts would retweet private like obviously (laughs) fake accounts but they would be people on the fake accounts instead of like businesses or brands right and i guess i never really thought too deeply about the fact that that's a great fucking way to build a little bit extra trust a little more tension because like man i mean yeah we people say we live the information economy and i think that's true but i think really where we're getting to now of course is ai and everything but we're really getting to like the attention economy like everything is about attention 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 if you literally on facebook which is a fair benchmark of you know content consumption across the internet they have 2.2 billion mm-hmm. users w- regardless of if you like facebook or not um the average watch time on facebook for video is six seconds and also like a couple years at time magazine came out with an article humans now have a shorter attention span than goldfish yeah, you, you probably yeah, saw it definitely. yeah so it's like if you can't if you if you have a 10 second intro bumper that's what i hate seeing with incredibly talented creators on social media if you have a 10 second intro or whatever in your video yep. youtube is different but on social media specifically no one's going to watch that. You're going to lose all your attention, and that's why you only have 50 views on that. And then even if you put $50 on it, you're only going to get another 300 views. You know, it's like... I always get frustrated with clients that want to choose, like, the creative that they want to use in their ads, and they want, like, a picture of their <laughs> business or something. I'm when just like, you well, know what is actually going to engage with people, and they need exactly. to listen to, like, you, because you know how the algorithm, and you yes. know how users are working on these platforms. We have one goal. We want them to stop scrolling. <laughs> Facts, that's exactly, like, yes. That's all we need to do to start, and yes. then we go from there. Exactly, that, that's and the top of the funnel. Yeah, exactly, 100%. <laughs> and so many, I mean, I don't blame businesses for not knowing how it works because they don't spend all their time doing right. it. That's why they hire people like us. Right, yeah, yeah. And I've spent a shit ton of money, of mine and company's money, like learning how to best do this. I'm still Absolutely. not that good, but I've gotten a lot better. Absolutely. The uh, the Twitter platform, I just used that recently for some ads, and I was pleased with it. Were you really? It's not even close to as good as Facebook's, obviously. Sure. Were you doing like their whole it. like you pay monthly and they just like promote random tweets? I don't even know if they still do that anymore. Or were you like doing like individual specific tweets? I have intention behind this, etc. Yeah, I was okay. doing that second part. Yeah. Yep. So it was just um, it was for an event one of my clients oh, was dope. hosting, and it was just I just did the manual targeting and. Um, specific tweets and I was and you were halfway pleased yeah halfway pleased okay, I mean sure. the clicks were way better obviously than Facebook but right um, I think the cost per click was almost half okay 
but, than, than what you typically get on Facebook. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Do you know anything about that? Is there a reason why that? This is just a personal like. Honestly, question. there's so many nuance and so many depending factors on it. I couldn't even be able to give you an answer unless I like looked at that ad mm. and looked at like the copy, looked at some of the data analytics. Because otherwise, I'm just assuming, and there's just so right. many variables. It's like I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, That's I could try true. to pontificate and get, you know create an idea or give you something that to make me sound smart. But at the end of the day. I just solely rely on like what the data and what the story behind the data analytics is telling me. Well, I didn't know if it was maybe because like every business now is advertising on Facebook and not as many are on Twitter. I mean, there definitely is a high saturation of advertising on Facebook, but I mean, ultimately that algorithm, like there's a, you know, and you know this, there's a positive and feedback system going on with every single piece of content. And it's like literally we can, (laughs) isn't that nuts? It's crazy. And literally we can know from like an actual point based system, like, you know, top marketers in the world who, you know, like my mentor, Dennis Shu, who goes to Facebook literally ha- half a dozen times a year, they theorize, but they're pretty sound theories that like one like equals one point, a comment equals six points, a share equals 13 points, negative feedback where someone clicks, hide this post is negative 100 points. And then there's, then there's like other, there's mm-hmm. like 10 other different, you know, variables and factors that can create positive, negative feedback, average watch time, et cetera. And so the feed is just constantly collecting all this information, all this data about this one post and determining, okay, now on the feed, how do you rank? And then for you to, as a Facebook page, let's say you've posted 100 posts on your Facebook page and 99 one of your posts have failed terribly. Every single one of those posts is telling, is training the algorithm from that page how well your content is performing. Because ultimately, Facebook, they want to have an amazing experience for yeah. their users or else we're going to go to YouTube. And so if they don't have an algorithm that's not constantly vetting the billion bits of content on their you know going on their platform every single day then they're not gonna have a good experience so uh, you're definitely right that there's high level of saturation on facebook and it might be harder to penetrate initially but to your point if you can just learn how to get that engagement you know build that funnel have those custom audiences etc cetera, etc cetera, do the whole retargeting thing um then still facebook and then instagram as well since instagram is so tightly tied into facebook um can still drive some really really great business uh, results so if I'm hearing you right, let me back up. I have a, a client that I've brought on and their reach, like even on ads, is fucking horrendous because <laughs> their previous content was fucking horrendous. Is Dude. is that a situation where I should be going out and just putting out really highly engaging content to kind of boost those numbers a little bit before <laughs> I start putting money, money you, behind it? You could try. I mean, ultimately... It, you know that that could be a great test but dude i've had some clients who they were in that scenario and i've literally told them let's just create an entirely different page start fresh reset the learning curve and then have some then the first three posts that are very intentional why videos you know we're really driving engagement the algorithm's like oh wait from this new page i've only seen amazing content it's we can li- literally see in our analytics comparing to the previous page comparing to other clients pages that like the algorithm is favoring this content even if you know this this brand new page with only three posts has X amount of engagement and it's the same engagement as this one page. It has 30 different posts and has had like a fair level of engagement. We can literally see more engagement on this one page just because the algorithm has only seen higher levels of positive feedback. And so, yeah, I would definitely, you know, maybe test like a Y video or just some interesting stuff to get like some really good engagement and see what, you know, just look at those numbers and just decipher through your own intuition and, and everything. But depending on how much, you know, 
depending on how built out their page and everything, if they have a whole story and everything, it just might be better just create an entirely new page. I think that might be the move. I think yeah. they got like 17 likes on their page. Yeah. Or then definitely for yeah. sure. So yeah, damn, that's a great idea. And then that, that's the other thing too. Like if, if, if uh, like let's say a page is, is five years old, but in that time, only 17 people liked it. That's also another variable that the algorithm's thinking, okay, well, if people aren't organically coming to your post, then maybe there's a reason for that. So yes, even though you're spending dollars, whether it's boosting or running ads, giving your money to Facebook, they're still not giving you the That's best wild. what you can because at the end of the day, you know, it's a profit machine and they're looking very long-term and their greatest way to make billions and billions of dollars is the time that people spend on their platform. So if you've sent someone a bad ad and that person and Facebook can see that they just saw your ad and they're like, ah, this is annoying. And they jump off and go to Twitter or YouTube or something like that. That's Facebook losing, you know, that user for that day, which that scares the hell out of them. So yeah. it's very interesting stuff. Damn, that's <laughs> wild. See, these are things like I hadn't really thought about, but I was whipping together an ad for them last night and I was doing all the targeting and I'm mm -hmm. like, this is a really wide audience and mm -hmm. I'm putting money behind it. Why mm -hmm. in the fuck mm -hmm. am I still getting the less than 10 people clicking through? Yeah. Like that's that just didn't make any sense. I'm like, I'm not that bad at targeting. You, literally, they have made the algorithm to penalize their page, and you're working against the algorithm, even though you're literally giving dollars to Facebook to promote it. Yeah, so fuck. I think we're gonna have to go ahead and cancel that page. <laughs> Thanks, man. That's uh, it's, yeah, that's helpful information. Absolutely. And um, honestly, there's there's one article called uh, Do you know what Social Media Examiner is? Yeah. Yeah. So there's one article that Dennis wrote on there that is basically. And I might even send it to you. Actually, I think I did. I think, I think did. I tweeted. Yeah, dude, that article just drives so much strong depth and understanding on how this algorithm works and how we as marketers can leverage these algorithmic truths. Truths and Facebook is okay that these truths are out there because if we as marketers can create good ads, create good you know conversions for our companies, keep pumping money into Facebook, they want That's that system to create exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's all very interesting stuff. And honestly, a lot of the things in that article can be very similarly similarly applied to LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of BS noise on LinkedIn, but if you can find the, the right niche, like I've had dozens of videos get 20, 30, 40,000 views. I've had one video get 400,000 views on LinkedIn, totally free organic. And because of that, um, I've been able to amass like 7,000 connections on LinkedIn, which really means nothing if we're being honest. Right. But the thing that's valuable is and this is totally legally, this isn't some third party software automation BS. LinkedIn allows you to download the email address and export the email address to every single person you're connected with. Oh, so nice. in terms of building an email list, whether it's your company or someone who wants to write a book or et cetera, if, you're, if you can build your LinkedIn, get, be getting videos out there, which is, you know, could bring in opportunities, which totally happens every now and then, but ultimately you're, you're building a long-term email list. And also a lot of people, they just still view LinkedIn as like, a fair benchmark of who this person is professionally. So if you can have like some videos popping off, some content popping off and some level of connections and it can also drive, you know, just improve your personal brand. But LinkedIn is also very interesting. They only released native video like two years ago. So there's very, I mean now because of how amazing native video is, there's a shit ton more video content creators um, compared to now, now compared to fall, I believe it was 2018 when they came out with native video, but still, there is a very, very small number of people making videos on LinkedIn because typically people are like, oh, it's LinkedIn. I don't even want to post on it. But if you mm -hmm. can get through those fears, make a dope video, um, then LinkedIn can be a really interesting channel for you, for your personal brand and for your company. That's interesting that you you kind of have this strategy. I didn't realize you could um, export the email addresses. Yeah. That's kind of 
that could that's like a whole strategy in itself. Literally, like and like email list is one of the most important digital assets for a company and some people spend all this and I mean rightfully so, whatever. Some people spend all this money to build their email list, but I hate using the word hacks because I, I hate I hate it as a strong word. I really dislike growth hackers because I'm more about how can we build a fundamental fundamental marketing strategy that we're changing the tactics based on like what's relevant, but we still have like this consistent marketing strategy. So g- growth hacks are typically like this, you know, just random thing. But there are these hacks out there that can totally expedite this process, mm-hmm. like building email list, um, et cetera, whatever that might be. Where do you stand on email marketing versus text? I think it really depends on the demographic. Yeah. Um, I definitely think email is the the bigger um, dog, and and th- just because so many people use email, but mm-hmm. also as people are getting more digital and remote work and mobile phones, and everything, people are also g- getting less interested in email. And right. sometimes email is the most annoying thing ever because I'm just getting these requests and I'm unsubscribing and it's just boring. Um, but the thing I found with text is since it's so personal, it can be so intrusive so quickly. Yeah. But what's interesting is you see Gary Vaynerchuk, Grant Cardone, all these people, Ninja, all these people putting out their phone numbers, the you know, yeah. building that whole thing. Now it's becoming a little bit more common. Like I was just in a meeting the other day and someone said, oh yeah, I just got a text from Gary Vee. I'm like, no, that's a robot. That just yeah, sent you that. But right. she was like, she, she genuinely enjoyed that. And I was like, interesting. So I think text is going to slowly get more popular and slowly make uh, email less relevant. But at the end of the day, we're de- you know, we're talking, it really depends on your demographic. Are you looking at, you know, 13 to 19 year olds, 30 to 50 year olds, 50 to 70, you know, whatever. Yeah. So it kind of depends. Yeah, that makes sense. So I'm, I'm on a few of those different lists and it was cool, like the onboarding process, but ever since then I haven't, I don't look at the text anymore. It yeah, was a really sure. short shelf life. Whereas some email lists that I'm on, I'll still look at. And that's, that's really important. Like shelf life for, for a campaign or channels is, honestly sometimes more important than the quick engagement you know mm-hmm. okay we just send out 50,000 texts and we got tw- 25,000 people to get it okay yes maybe you had a 50% you know open rate compared to like your emails maybe it's like 12 to 12 to 15% but if you can't keep that 50% open rate for a sustainable period of time but you can keep that 12 to 15% open rate over like a year period I would mm-hmm. much rather choose that one because it's all about creating that relationship with right. the person so that they can buy your product and then buy when they buy your product or use your product they tell their best friend their grandma etc really kind of creating that you know that culture around whatever you're trying to sell yeah dude culture has been how we've built our business like you were talking earlier about like if you get people to be raving fans of a brand it makes your life so much easier and dude honestly i see that comes from that like i totally see that like i see people wearing guys shirts like i'll go like i was at canal india i think you've heard like their little canal squad yeah canal squad three different people was wearing your shirts like i can totally Uh, see this culture that you guys have created and it speaks for you know your guys just genuine intentions of creating something that people want and you've you've empowered people who've given you guys you know positive feedback and who've supported you 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 aren't you know you yourself you're not just looking to always be in the spotlight you're willing to even though you're the founder you're willing to let other people have that spotlight help themselves be built up so then they for they're taking ownership in this culture and this movement that you created and that's a very valuable valuable business like understanding yeah and having like we have a true mission yeah. I feel like it's so hard for a business to actually have a true mission. Like yeah, the one that facts. you mentioned earlier for Started Up. Yeah. That's a fucking mission. Thank right you. There. Appreciate that. And like we have the last to first mission. Like mm. that's a mission that people can get behind, take ownership of, yes. like you just said, and feel like they're a part of it. Exactly. And that does 
everything for us. We don't have to do anything to grow our brand anymore. Right. Obviously, we still do, but we don't sure. have to because it grows by itself because people feel like they're a part of it. Mm, that's powerful. And it's Yeah, it's been everything for us, and yeah. that's where all of our sales comes from. We've done a really good job with, well, I don't know, really good, but we've done a pretty damn good job of branding. Mm. Our marketing strategy has been super inconsistent. Mm. So, you know, the tactician side has been pretty weak. There's always ways to improve, and tactics are one of those things that's like, just requires so much time. It just, yeah. it's, it's, it's healthy and, and sometimes simple to build that strategy, but it really requires someone to just like, like TikTok, for example, like that's a tactic right now. There's strategy within TikTok, but it can be like such a big waste of time, but it can also be a, it's a very ripe platform and, and there's a lot of ripe opportunity to go viral. And there's a lot, a lot of people in the city, you know, Ben Polizzi, Joey Molinardo, you know, Wave Twin Collective, all these people who, they're having, and probably more, I'm sure there's more who are having like just really interesting viral, you know, engagements on TikTok. But like, I just, you know, we only have so much bandwidth to be, you know, to be putting our energy to what's, what is working, but then also having time to experiment and test. And it's all about finding that balance. Ben was just on this podcast uh, last week. Bet. I love Ben. Funny He's guy. So dude. Funny. He just walked in the door and he just like big ass <laughs> smile, laughing. <laughs> yelling i'm like man this is gonna be great i can't wait <laughs> he's drink so some wine and some dude beer. yes love some wine and yeah it was a great time i didn't realize that so whenever i first saw the uh molinardo videos going around dude like he is saving crushing shit, it he's he's on fire right now boom like literally it's multiple a day. daily <laughs> yeah exactly that's what i'm thinking man i was like damn like don't pigeonhole yourself but fuck it if you're hot you gotta ride that heater Facts, but facts. He was down at the national championship game yesterday because of the Saban videos. Are you serious? Yes. Isn't that wild? <laughs> Again, personal branding opportunities yes. can come to you. I, I, I literally saw he, him replying to a tweet. Someone was like, they helped orchestrate some like side party for one of like the teams, or whatever, like one of the families, and they invited him. To, and he's like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't or anything. But like, that's so cool. Like, that's a dope opportunity that would have been exciting. And of course, again, it's about balance, but having that personal brand, putting yourself out there. But still, you know, maintaining, you know, your integrity, you know, keeping mm-hmm. yourself mysterious, not putting all your cards out there um, can be really interesting for you. I think one good thing that he did, this is just me thinking, but instead of only doing saving videos, he's doing like Coach O. He Diversifying. Dabo. He's Facts. like doing a few different college football coaches instead of just the one because that would be, to me, that would probably be a bad move to just do It would one. get boring and by him diversifying or not maybe not boring it just get repetitive yeah. but by him diversifying so his different pr- impressions it shows that like he's genuinely talented for like comedy and these impressions and people are like i guarantee whenever he keeps hit, keeps having these hits people are like damn like this is crazy and by him being able to create that reaction people are like wow yeah. unexpected this is great uh, that's why he's about to have thirty thousand followers on twitter and he had i think like 1200 1500 like that. two or three months ago right that's crazy because like ben had like a shit ton already and then all of a sudden these boom these videos go crazy <laughs> this dude's got thirty thousand fucking followers in two months on espn now now he's you know if he has a website which you know i'm sure he does now he can throw all these big publications giving him credibility and authority and like if he just stays consistent you know literally any opportunity that he might want to have he can jump on it it's just about finding those right connections because yeah. he's got that authority he's got that brand and I may like I saw him do like a tweet where someone's like, "When are you gonna meet Frank Caliendo?" I'm like, one, that's like the greatest of all time as far as impersonations. And because you just you hit it recently, mm. now you're being talked about with exactly. one of the all time greats, and you might that's have a chance crazy. to meet an all time great because you, you hit it at the right time. <laughs> 
That's amazing. That's yeah, dude, that's fucking that's so cool. <laughs> I can't imagine how cool that would be for him too. Right. Like him and Ben have been going at it for years yeah. and consistent. And then to be get one to pop off, exactly. man. I, I it's genuinely like exciting to see people who put in that work and mm-hmm. then now, now they're getting like the recognition that they deserve. Yeah. And I guarantee you a lot of people it's that iceberg analogy. They think that he's just yeah. now popping off. <laughs> it's like, nah, nah, nah. Like, he's been building with the radio station and everything for, like, years. And he just let that compound effect and the right timing of things. And here we are. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's there's a lot of people around, around town that I see doing that. And I'm like, man, I remember, like, five years ago whenever you were doing this. And now you're doing it really, really well mm. because you stuck with it. Exactly. It's good to see. Yes. Gives me hope it, too. It, it's refre- <laughs> it's refreshing. It's like literally like encouraging. Yeah. It's like if we just stay consistent, you know, own our own shit, then you know, the things that we want for that they'll eventually come. They might not come as quickly as we want them. You know, we as a society we struggle with instant gratification, but if we can just be consistent, be patient, then this world can be our sandbox. <laughs> yeah. I think uh you know, little confession time here. I think sometimes I lose sight of that because I get mm. so caught up in the grind. Dude, you're not the only one there, honestly. Yeah. Like, I, I feel forget, that. I forget, like, I can shape the world to be what I want it to be. Yeah. And I don't even think about it sometimes. Mm. Like, I got to do this, 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 right. this, and just don't even, like, smell the roses. Dude, honestly, that was – smelling the roses was my phrase for 2019 because I was a partner of a tech company, and I had this nonprofit, and I did marketing consulting, and it was great surface level, but I was killing myself underneath, and I needed to smell those roses. Um, and just so much just constantly comes back to balance. Mm-hmm. It's just that, that's like why my, my next tattoo is going to be. It's just like I'm constantly finding different ways, you know, on the spe- spectrum of whatever hot or cold, whatever, you know, the, the conversation that we're talking, whatever the context is, finding that like kind of like inner balance or whatever that might be. Smelling the roses is why I left my last job. It was really? Like Caitlin, my wife, and I, we were in Hawaii and I was just having like, I was at that like six or five or six, maybe seven day mark where mm-hmm. you're finally on vacation can and finally release yeah exactly where like i don't feel like i need to be doing something and we we're just out hiking and it's fucking beautiful out and like it just dawned on me I'm like man this is what life's about it's mm. not about me doing some job right. that i don't really care about or have passion for just so i can make money right like i can make money doing what i love right. and i'm gonna do that so that i made the decision and then came home and put in a notice and been on my own ever since yeah dude it's been fucking hard but <laughs> But I'm worth so, it and rewarding. Yeah. Exactly. As, as hard as it is, like I'm so much happier. Exactly. And you feel like fulfilled in life. Yeah. And right. I'm getting better at yeah. it. Like as time goes on. Like I will it's nice for me to know that I'll never go hungry because mm. I can kill what I eat. Absolutely. And it's you can powerful. take control of your finances, your money, and you know how to make the dollar. Yeah. Well, one thing that I'm always constantly working on personally, um, is not always trying to work in my business but work on my business mm-hmm. so that way i'm not always working for money but i can get money to work for me because like ultimately i want to be able to have freedom in life and be able to travel and speak and be able to you know just have the impact that you know we can as you just mentioned to kind of shape the world you know shape our reality in different ways but so many times just like you mentioned it's just so easy to get caught up in the day-to-day and meetings and all this kind of stuff and mm-hmm. i'm just that's one thing i'm gonna, you know as i reflect coming out of 2019 coming in 2020 this new decade and everything i'm just constantly trying to keep that in the back of my mind you know my brain and just kind of make sure that that's influencing a lot of my beliefs and thoughts yeah, i quit doing or i quit taking meetings last year it's just like just cold turkey yeah yeah <laughs> just quit cold turkey yeah uh it was just like getting to be too much where it's just like people that like 
they're great people, but like they don't have it sounds bad. They don't have anything to offer me and Absolutely no. I mean you have to be selfish with something. your time. You yeah. really do. You gotta be able to protect that energy, otherwise you just cannot be a good business owner. Right. And like that's one thing that I'm constantly working on. Yeah, and I like that you brought up the working in the business versus working on the business. The first business I started right out of college, all I did was work on the business. Mm-hmm. I didn't do shit inside the business. We didn't do nothing. Yeah. And this one, I think I do probably too much in the business mm-hmm. instead of working on the business. Mm-hmm. So maybe pr- number three, whenever that, whenever that may be, maybe that one will be a nice little balance of the two. Absolutely. So um, I do want to cover a little bit of... Uh, Mm. space yeah man how does one get into like the the whole nasa <laughs> well i mean honestly like like the, the tiny little stint that i did with nasa it was it was just like a content creation opportunity essentially what it was was um nasa does these like influencer media uh, excursions or trips whenever so to preface a little bit add a little more context SpaceX is like one of the, you know, NASA, they're not shooting rockets up, but SpaceX are like the predominant, you got Blue Origin, Jeff Bezos, but Mm -hmm. SpaceX is like the predominant rocket people, you know, people launching rockets in space right now. Well, all of their assets and machinery, while they're inventing all their kind of stuff, they're using all NASA stuff. All their buildings is on NASA properties, Cape Canaveral, et cetera, et cetera. So NASA is having a, you know, a strong kind of a pivot almost in their brain, not a pivot, but a, a realization that like, they're becoming the National Geographic of space, you know, while they have lots of OG and like respect and like space theme and all this kind of stuff, they're kind of be losing a little relevancy as SpaceX is cool, new, you know, hot girl comes into the room. And so since NASA has partnered with SpaceX from like a machinery product standpoint, they want to partner with SpaceX from like a branding standpoint. So to bring it full circle, they have these like media influencer trips where they just invite like 25 different people out in the media or influencers or educators or whatever to film content to but all around a spacex rock launch and just tour nasa facilities get to meet astronauts be a part of like nasa briefings um be in like actual spacex laboratories where we couldn't have any technology like even an apple watch anything that could record you couldn't have anything because like they did not want like china or russia right. to know because literally like companies that, or countries at the end of the day it's space race never died you know and space mm-hmm. race influences so much other wealth and different facets of our country and how the politics works that people don't really realize but there's all these different things and so long story short nasa you know they have these applications that you can literally apply for um elon musk they tweeted this application for it was the july 29th crs 15 rocket mission and basically what crs 15 means is it's a commercial resupply mission to take up um just supplies to astronauts and international space station and it was actually pretty cool. It was the first time artificial intelligence was going up into space. So right now on the International Space Station, there's little – did you ever play Halo? Oh, yeah. You, you remember that, like, orb thing that would fly around with you? They even had, like, a name. It was, like, a robot. It would, like, talk Barely. with you. Yeah. So there's that. It actually exists. It's in, that, in, a, in the International Space Station. It's this little, like, ball called Simon with a C, and it's an acronym. He's got a face, and he talks, and he is a emotional companion for astronauts, and – he does quantum physics and like math equations. So he's literally like this 24 seven working robot, but is also emotional support. So that was kind of a cool thing. And um, that went up in this rock launch and also death with coffee, you know, a couple other cool things. But, um, you know, NASA tweeted this invite link to be a part of this 
rocket ship mission and um, get to film content, be 3.2 miles away from the rocket launch, which we're on the NASA causeway, which is the closest legal distance you can ever be to a rocket launch or else your intestines will blow up. Um, and Elon Musk was actually going to be there, but he was having shareholder issues with um, Tesla. So I w- could have been able to meet him, which would have been cool. Was this shortly but after the blunt? Do what? Was this shortly after the blunt? No, this was this was before that. <laughs> okay. That would have been a great conversation I could have with yeah. Elon. <laughs> um, but so Elon you know, retweeted this link because I followed him and I was like, there's no way I can, you know, get into this, but I mean, I have a check mark and some other things. So maybe, you know, shoot your shot, mm-hmm. you know, you just never know in this world. So I applied and, uh, totally forgot that I even applied and got an email in my inbox inbox that said, Hey, you, you were accepted. We're going to fly you out. You're going to be in Cape Canaveral for these dates. You're going to meet these people. And it was just, you know, I got to see human innovation, um, at some of the absolute highest levels. And it was one of the most inspirational trips. Unfortunately, you know, those like micro SD cards. Yeah. So unfortunately I had filmed all my content on a micro SD card and before I could edit all the stuff to give back to them. Cause they wanted the, the reason for this trip was to just have all these people come out experience the stuff, make content, put all on their social media and then some of the best performing stuff they would actually put on some, you know, syndicate through some of their NASA channels, NASA channels. Well, that tiny SD card snapped. So uh. they paid for me to go out there, all this kind of stuff. And I was pretty devastated. So in the email that I sent back to them, my subject line was good news and bad news. The bad news was I have no footage for you. Like I, I was talking to data companies. I could spend like maybe a thousand dollars for like a 40% chance to get the data back, like all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, it's just not worth it. But the good news was I was giving them advice basically, which who, who my, you know, yeah. what was me type of thing. But it was genuinely good advice because they would invite, they would spend all this money, like literally tens of thousands of dollars flights and all this kind of stuff for people to go out there. But they had no process for, um, collecting like impressions or video views that they, they didn't really have a process to actually measure the social impact. They, they didn't reach out to any of us. I talked to a lot of other people. There was no like collecting of what actually happened. So I built this the very basic dashboard that these influencers who are on these trips, they could input some of this data so that the team who which it was a NASA social media like team specifically, they could go back to their higher ups and say, Oh, well, because of this trip, we spent $19,000 or $14,000, whatever we, you know, we spent all this manpower. So probably even more than that, but we generated over 64 million impressions over a month since that trip. And you know, 4 million video views, like whatever that might be, like that would be valuable data that they could have, but being a large, mm-hmm. you know, corporate government body entity, you know, data right. and everything just isn't for them. So the good thing is I still have a relationship with them. Um, I even, you know, was encouraged to apply again. I just was busy the last time. So I'm definitely going to apply again, but yeah, it was definitely one of those things. Like it really sucked to have this SD yeah. card snapped and not be able to give one of my favorite brands in the absolute world, um, this content that, you know, could have been, they could have done cool stuff with. The dashboard that you built them, did you, you coded it up or? It was just an honestly Google, Google Sheets. Like it was oh, okay. super, super simple where people could just like, you know, there's this like base framework, this, there's this base understanding behind it, this base like, you know, there's a few integers and a few inputs and outputs on it. You're just leveraging like just very few uh, Google sh- uh, like uh, sheet tools. But it was just basically these individuals could just input their numbers and I also created a little process for these people to go learn how to find these analytics. A lot of people don't realize there's a whole nother level of analytics on Twitter, but you have to look at it on the computer. Like, so there's all these mm-hmm. little nuances that I kind of just kind of removing some of the work for them. Um, and they were, they seem pretty impressed, but you know, not impressed. They seem fairly happy with it, but uh, still they were pretty upset about, you know, not yeah. having all the video content. So yeah. that kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, uh, do you do encoding or no? 
No, not at all. Mm. Okay. I, I was a part of, uh, I'm a, a partner of Snapshift, which is a tech company, and we have a mobile app, you know, 30,000 users, all that kind of stuff. So I was able to be, and it's coded in React Native, so I was able to be in a lot of those conversations, which is very valuable right. for me because when I'm talking to different clients who have an app, I can so quickly look through the bullshit and be like, "How? what's your user app retention after 30 days? Like that, I could care less about download, like all those kind of things. And so right. it's allowed me to be a little bit more informed in like metrics and everything. But as far as like data and hard coding, um, I can never help you there. <laughs> and yeah. I never want to. <laughs> yeah, same. That's It's good to have the ability to converse over those exactly. things. And that's been, that's kind of where I fall for yeah. my business as well. It's like, I can maybe do HTML. Yeah. It'll take me about five times longer than it should. Exactly. Like I, I can, can maybe throw a website together, but yeah. I'd rather just hire someone who really knows, knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to meet, is it Thor? Thor Wood. Yep. Yeah. I want to meet him. I would, dude, I want to say I would, you know, he'd be, he's very great personality. So he might be a great you know podcast guest, but Thor is an amazing person, has an amazing background. And what, what they've done with Snapchat thus far, only being like a two and a half year old company is really quite astounding like they've been at 500 startups they've got 600 company you know restaurants using their product and uh, indianapolis philly nashville so they've been able to you know syndicate a lot of interesting growth for very few dollars um the first year and a half that i was there when i was director of marketing we had like less than ten thousand dollars in ad spend and i'm very thankful to say that whenever we could share some of the results that you know of course there's lots of ways to improve and so much more to improve, you know, for an app and everything in terms of marketing and acquisition and retention, but still was able to, through Thor and I's constant collaboration on con, you know, content and just constant about storytelling, all that kind of stuff, we were able to drive, you know, a fair decent amount of, you know, users and um, real active users, that kind of stuff. And ultimately that just comes down to Thor's ability to be open-minded and trust people and everything. So Thor is a, he's a really great person. Nice, yeah, I, I definitely need to meet him and just, having my own startup in this ecosystem i just kind of keep an eye out on people yeah. that i think are doing really well and he yeah. seems to be one and his beard and, and the name is like you just can't yeah, you yeah, just can't like come on that's just so can't awesome get any manlier than <laughs> thor with a beard right <laughs> and his, his beard's short now it actually looks really clean but it used to be like pretty big too you're like i'm not gonna mess with that guy <laughs> <laughs> where uh what's your like your long-term plan are you planning to stay started up forever? What's um, I, I plan to always be a board member. D- d- don't uh, so I'm currently vice president of marketing, and I you know with it whether it's two and a half years, three years, one year, whatever that might look like, I plan to step down from my post and let someone else do that. Because ultimately, um, I want to be able to you know I've been so intentional throughout my life acquiring knowledge and wisdom from people and books and experience, etc. And I believe through the stories and through the different. Um, channels that I've been blessed with and my ability to communicate things. I believe a, a purpose of mine, a purpose is acquiring knowledge and perspective and wisdom and then just sharing that to people in a relatable way. And so I want to, you know, write books. So I plan, I've already been writing my first book probably 20,000 words in, um, but I want to publish my first book next year, which is this is actually the first podcast that I mentioned that. Um, right. I want to be doing breaking yeah, news. Yeah, folks. yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to, you know, do lots more speaking because speaking and, and public speaking or speaking and publishing can be this such a cyclical process where as you get more speaking gigs, you can have more book sales. As you get more book sales, mm-hmm. you can have more speaking gig. And ultimately, being able to inspire people and share a story or like, for example, my marketing keynote in February is on marketing, whether it's just on marketing or my story, being able to do that, but then also make decent money and travel is like just a, just a really enjoyable way to live life. Yeah. And so I want to keep doing that kind of stuff. I want to 
continually build wealth, um, invest in real estate actually around Broad Ripple. Um, I'm very passionate about economic development and city development, mostly from the Startup Foundation because working with the state government, I've really kind of developed a lot of passions there. Um, and then ultimately, from working with so many startups, if, if I can be blessed with enough money, I would like to invest in startups. You know, right. I can, A, within like two or three questions, I can break a marketer and find out if they're like BS, but also like with startups, just by going through that process, by talking to so many investors with Snapshift and different companies, um, if I have the money, I would like to be, you know, be a catalyst for that. So, and lots of investing, wealth building, and ultimately the longer term goal to really answer your question is I want to have a lot of kids. Um, I want to have like a dynasty, but I also am very progressive and like, I want my wife, if she wants to start a business, she can start it. If she wants to travel the world, like she can do whatever she wants. I don't want her she, you know, if she wants to be a great mom, she, you know, absolutely. But mm-hmm. I don't want her to be beholden by, you know, kids because kids right. are a lot of time. And so I want to be able to make enough money so I can have the maid, I can have the house, um, nanny, all those kind of the butler, even, you know, mm-hmm. all those kind of things and allow my wife and I to be able to live the life we want, writing books, speaking, whatever, still spending lots of time with our kids and being great parents, but just not letting, you know, that, you know, clog our ability to have an impact on the world, but still having lots of kids who are amazing and you know who do great things after us all that kind of stuff yeah definitely and just focusing on that last name instead of the first yeah um yeah i like how you openly say that you want the the butler the maids yeah. like i'm the same way like, yeah dude but people look down on that now like dude oh what do you need that for <laughs> nobody needs that Not look, i respect anyone and their, their own unique you know different interests and i think like, like i think that's beautiful when when we as humans can have like different goals and everything because if we were all the same if we all agreed on each other if we all had the same viewpoint for what marriage or family life should look like damn this would be a boring earth but <laughs> it's so interesting and so fascinating to meet people because we're all unique so i respect that you know some i you know ideals or ideologies might not you know be uh the most received by other people but i mean i believe it in a very human standpoint like that's what makes us uh, you know, beautiful as humans yeah so i i can agree with what you're saying but i don't ever get down with people that are trying to hold people back from for what sure. they want I, it's just not i don't like those people i respect that for sure um, but yeah, like I'm There's the just no same need way. for that, really. Yeah. Like it's just toxic energy. It's just not good culture. Yeah. And ultimately, those people are, you know, hurt people, hurt people. Ultimately, those people, they're struggling with their own insecurities and their own depressions or their mom and what is going through something. And, and it really, like, it's very challenging because it allows me to step back and be like, well, that person just needs to be shown love. Like, even though they're coming at me and, and they're angry at me, maybe something I said or they just don't agree with me or maybe it's a friend of mine. And I'm so thankful that I am able to see this sometimes. I'm just like, this person just needs to be shown love. Like, they have this hate and this resentment in them. And don't get me wrong. Some people, they're just evil people. That's who they are. But I feel like a lot of people who have resentment and anger and and they're bitter towards people, um, they just haven't been shown love in the way that they need to be received in life. And if they can be shown that, like, you know, they're going to start crying. And, you know, they're going to have some of the mental transformations. And, you know, that's just kind of something that I'm always encouraged by. Mm Mm-hmm. How much have you did you learn from human laws of human nature? Uh, definitely a lot. I mean, honestly, like it's one of those like it's almost like a Bible for me. Like I have so many things that I've like underlined, so I go back and constantly like I'll like there's a lot of stuff in that book that makes sense, but it's not until I see it happen like in the mm-hmm. real world where I'm like, oh, those two things, and I have That's to go how back and almost read it. The power was for me. Okay, it's like, right Holy on. shit, this <laughs> sounds really sadistic, and then you see it happen, take exactly. you away, and you're like oh shit, this is real, and it. And when you see those like those universal like manifestations and things that you're learning about humans, that's when like that that's why I think like learning can just be so exciting. Like learning yeah. can be like 
we, we can become superpowers or superhumans uh, just by filling our brain with knowledge and l- knowing how to like apply that in different areas of our lives. Yeah, I love, I love and hate the fact that it seems like today so many people are ignoring the fact that we're animals with a nature Facts. and they think that we can just overcome it with Facts. society and civilization. Facts. And we're all animals. That's where we come from. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's just crazy to me that people think that we can overcome like these deep set tendencies mm. that have been around for millions of years mm. and just like like there's always going to be tribes facts like you can't just get rid of tribes facts because other tribes would have killed you they would have brought infection True. they would have killed you just because like that's hard- hardwired into us to see yeah. differences there are you uh have you studied like evolution that kind of stuff I'm reading, I'm currently reading a book uh, that's based on a lot of human evolution, just really the history of humans is called, um, I got it for Christmas, I'm totally spacing the name, but I'm starting to dive a lot more into it, because I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, I believe in God and everything, but I believe there's truth in everything, like, I, you know, as, I'm not a Christian, because a lot of Christians are judgmental and homophobic, and they just have so many things wrong, you know, if you actually, like, study... I don't think that many Christians are homophobic anymore, honestly. Maybe, maybe not, but... Uh, my my point is, if you study like actually Jesus Christ, who right. he lived, damn near no Christians are. I shouldn't. I'm huge generalizations here, yeah. but a lot of Christians are not living like Jesus Christ. You know, they're they're the religious person. You know, the, which were actually the people who killed, you know, sacrificed right. Jesus. But Jesus is someone who like he just wants to love people and serve people. Um, you know, that's the kind of like the, the 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 God, if you will, that I reflect to. So whether it's evolution or Buddhism or Muslim. There are so many beautiful things that can be learned from every single one. And ultimately, if you genuinely study other religions and other different like thoughts about the world, there are so many parallels. So many times we're all talking yeah. about the same thing, just in our different yep. perspectives. And like, why are we fighting about this? Yeah. Have you, uh, do you know who Reza Aslan is? Mm. Okay. He is an author, but he wrote a book about the historical life of Jesus Christ. Oh, wow. Wow. And dude, it was just this dude was just a rebel. He just was a yeah, troublemaker. Exactly. He was like, like the one like story that I, that I like to share is, um, and maybe it's controversial, but whatever is, you know, Jesus would have dinner, you know, let the prostitute have dinner at his home. He would open up his arms, mm-hmm. but like, how many Christians, regardless of views and everything, but you're just looking at how Jesus' life and Christians are supposed to live like Jesus. How many Christians? And like, my parents are Christian. I was born a Christian, so that's why I feel like I can say these things. Um, I grew up Christian. Yeah. Um, how many Christians would let a transgender in their home and feed them dinner and just love them for who they are? Like a lot of times we want to cast labels and don't get me wrong. Some people are just like wild in this world, but like at the end of the day, like we're all humans. We all want love. We all w- want to receive love. And um, I feel like that's just what all always comes down to. But yeah. so many times just the world and noise and titles and religions and politics is just kind of really mis- you know, misconstrues our vision for, you know, what we as humans actually want, which again is just love. Yeah. I don't, I think that I could be way off base here, but I don't think that that many Christians would be like, oh, you're, you're trans. Like you can't eat with me. You can't sit here. I don't, I'm maybe, I, just I don't, don't know. Think so. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I'm not really, I guess I'm a Christian, but I don't like believe that a guy died on a tree and sure. came back to life. Um, but like the the teachings are good but they're not most of the teachings are from saint paul right not true and saint paul was like apostles yeah 60 years after and then all the books were written a hundred and i took a new testament course in college oh dude that'd be so interesting Dude, i took so many cool courses that's the history about college Mm. i fucking love history i'll go Mm. all day on history 
but some that changed my life were a uh, class on the New Testament, mm. a class on evolution and prehistory, and astronomy. Dude, oh my gosh, Dude, those classes sound crazy. so interesting. Because <laughs> I came from a small town. Okay, like, yeah, everybody's people. a Christian. That's crazy. Everybody's a Christian. Everybody goes to church. Everybody like it's one of those like very sheltered communities. Mm-hmm. Great place, very sheltered. Mm-hmm. My brain just about exploded when I realized, <laughs> oh shit, we actually did come from animals. For real, <laughs> and. Dude, space is fucking enormous. Yes, <laughs> oh, and man. it's ever expanding too. Like it's it's not a stagnant thing. Like our universe is constantly getting bigger. Yeah. That, well, that's why I'm like, maybe, maybe. I think there's, I think there's theories though that the expansion has slowed down and I've will heard that, come yeah. back. Oh, it's coming back, really. Oh. That it's slowing down, and mm. the theory is that at you know, if it continues to slow down, then it would collapse onto itself. Not like faster. As far right, as right. Know, it could fast. be you know a million years before that happens. Right, but damn, yeah. that's that's really interesting. We probably won't be here. Just like right. the sun is gonna definitely eat up the earth. Right. But we're not gonna see it. Earth definitely has a time clock. I mean, li- li- literally, like that's biblical. Not to get too preachy, but like you know, when God created, if you believe God created the earth, and if you follow that, like he, you know, there's a timestamp on on the earth, and it's not you know necessarily made to be you know everlasting or forever. Eventually. Mm-hmm. According to the Bible, you know, he's going to come, you know, the whole rapture, the whole deal is going to destroy the earth and create some kind of new earth, whatever that might look like. But, yeah, no, the, there's a lot of changes in our planetary system that is just very interesting and fascinating. New earth might be big and red and dusty. May very well could be. <laughs> very well could be. Hey, Elon. Oh, man. <laughs> so another thing is, um, oh, shit, I just had it. Oh, yeah. Aliens. Aliens, yes. Yes or no? Uh I would say intelligent aliens. Sorry, I, I would say yes, but we as humans don't even know how to define what that would look like mm-hmm. because of all the TV shows and movies. Right. I think there are aliens. In fact, there's even some some like some theories about aliens of how like they can be like in different dimensional type things where like mm-hmm. they're literally all around us, but they're not here. But they are like just crazy stuff like that. Right. So I think yes, there's alien entity out there, but there's just n- we just don't even know how to like define what that might look like. Yeah. And so, yeah. And, and, and all, honestly, even if you don't believe in aliens, it's just kind of exciting to think that there might be other life out there. You know, it's, I mean the sheer vastness of the universe, exactly. like there, I mean, and I mean, how like, can we be that small of a right. probability? How can we be like the only ones living in trillions and trillions of light years of like mm-hmm. size of the universe, which is just crazy. <laughs> Have you heard of the Fermi paradox? I have. I, I've watched the. Uh, do you ever watch? Um, it's on. It's a YouTube channel. Kirk Kurgasak. Huh. So it's basically Kurgasak means. And I'm totally butchering that that pronunciation, but it's in a nutshell, but in German. And so <laughs> it's a really popular YouTube channel, probably like 13 million view, uh, their subscribers. And essentially, what they do is they take super super deep concepts, quantum physics, evolution. Um, depression. Did you send me a video from there? I think I might have. Yeah, on Fermi like paradox. The future of work, maybe. Yes, exactly, exactly. A future of work, like whatever you know, societal things, and they just have these dope little seven to eight minute videos, super cool, like cartoon, you know, not yeah, car- yeah cartoon kind of, but they just give like a very base level. Video you're talking about yeah. Fermi paradox. I'm pretty sure I did. Yes, a exactly. That I mean, that was honestly where like I don't know, uh, you know, really enough about it to really have, you know, a strong, you know hypothesis behind mm-hmm. it it's just at the end of the day it's just kind of interesting yeah and i listened to i think it's nick bostrom on the joe rogan podcast okay and love joe rogan about it just like the the idea that 
any civilization that gets advanced enough to be able to find another us would have already destroyed themselves. That, honestly, like I totally hear that. Honestly, like like that that could be totally real. But it's interesting when we think about. Um, so you've heard like the golden age of consciousness, humans. You know whether that's something that we might get to in some day. Well, there are some theories that I looked at where they we as a human society or human species, you know, the Homo sapiens, we've already had that um, that golden age of conscious, but it was when like the the Egyptians were building those pyramids. Cause when you actually like think about what they actually did with those huge stones and like their technology, mm-hmm. you're like, how in the actual heck did they did that? And so the theory is that golden age of conscious, it didn't just like die off, but it has had like very faint, you know, very small levels of like, contingency and sustainability throughout our human civilization so whether it was yogis or prophets or jesus's or whatever it is that they've like kept little and it's all energy at the end of the day but they've kept these little like base levels of just high levels of conscious that allowed them to be some of the greatest storytellers and communicators of the world but yeah when, when, when you look at just the pyramids and like what the egyptians did you're like they had to have some kind of i mean at the end of the day, this is all theoretical, but like they had to have some kind of help because it's just absolutely mind-boggling what they've done. Like they blow us as a human species today with all of our technology away with what they did with so little resources. Right, and dude, there's, I think it's the Great Pyramid is 2.5 million stone blocks. Dude, if you like, if you mess up one of the like the beginning ones by a centimeter, the whole thing is fucked. It's crazy, and and like there's even like a lot of like high like if you dive into like Egyptian you know old history and like their hieroglyphics and just their spirituality, they even like they hinted that there was other entities that helped mm-hmm. them. So it's like all these kind of things. I'm like flying people. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And in the fucking I, I don't know which one it was, maybe the Mayans or the Incans or the Aztecs. Some of those motherfuckers had flying people too. A hundred percent, and like th- th- those were like, like I think aliens are real, and they've been closer to us more than we actually have realized. But they just, you know, are some of the greatest, you know, uh, ways to hide themselves. Whether they're in a different dimension, a different like facet of you know reality, and I know those are just like such am- ambiguous words, mm-hmm. but yeah, I-, I would definitely say I believe in aliens. So is the dimension thing? Is that like? with string theory yeah and how there's what is it 10 different dimensions um i don't understand i i really honestly don't know so the string theory is like one of the theories of like different dimensions because there's also like the multiverse theory which Mm -hmm. is like there's thousands of you know there's an infinite level of universes and honestly like rick and morty (laughs) has made that really popular (laughs) (laughs) which is a fantastic show but uh honestly yeah kurgasak is just a great um youtube channel just get like your super bite sizable understandings of the string theory, the Fermi paradox, and just these other different I'm kind gonna of things. I'm going to have to subscribe to that. Because, yeah, the video, I think you sent me one or two videos from there, and they were really good. And I definitely watched the Fermi paradox I, one because I feel like it was one of the ones animated. that I sent you was see if this rings a bell um, egotistic altruism. Was that one that I sent you? Or like the kind of the. That kind of rings a bell. I okay. know there was one that was about the future of work and okay. like the automation. Oh, I know which one I'm talking about. Yeah. That that one is not Kurgasak. That's actually something that our nonprofit, um, with the education entity that really put in the work through that, but we kinda helped uh contract some of that stuff out and we, okay. and Don he just uses that video for like a lot of his keynotes. He'll talk yeah. to like three thousand teachers and like, you know, we're in August, he was doing a thirty five hundred dollar or thirty five hundred um teacher conference or keynote to like in Memphis, Tennessee, like and you know, nowhere where you expect, but he would show this video and it would be dead silent because they're like 
it was kind of like it's oh, kind of scary. scary it's like yeah. whoa it's like whoa what's and then, like happen? we're we're pretty woke and enlightened a lot a lot of stuff but some of these teachers and not not to you know be ca- cash them, but some of these teachers that you know they're so busy they're underpaid and they just don't have the ability to be consuming some of the stuff that we do so when we show them a three-minute video of ai and robots and um all these different kind of things they're like oh it makes sense how half a million 40 50 year old men are going to be losing their shipping and uh logistics jobs in the next 34 years and they don't have any skills that are relevant to today it's like it kind of makes sense how that demographic of human you know like it's like 39 to like 52 white men are some of the highest suicide rates because they just know that their value for the world is slowly depreciating and like that's a really really daunting thing to think about if you're not ready to retire if you have a yeah, family x y and z that's heavy yeah it is i think uh, just because i'm in the fitness industry I think the fitness industry is in for a rude awakening. All these trainers, they yeah. because there's a lot of saturation. Well, yeah, there's huge saturation. There's less than five percent of them are really good, mm, like top mm, level, mm. and that automation is just gonna knock out the bottom. Oh, that's 95%. a really good point. There's 150,000 trainers in the United States. Isn't that crazy, dude? Honestly, like literally, TechStars, which is like a huge accelerator for mm-hmm. startups, they have an entire sports tech category now and like five years ago that was not a popular category so like literally accelerators are pushing entrepreneurs and innovators to build technologies to disrupt that stuff so i think you hit the nail on the head yeah and i think that and just to kind of really bring it full circle on the stuff that we've talked about i think that's one of the values of personal branding because at the end of the day we as humans and consumers we have so many different options and choices for what you know what kind of services but we are just such emotional decision makers so if we can have a trusting relationship and have this rapport and really know the story of, you know, someone like Alex McKinley or some of the, some of these, some of these people who like you genuinely appreciate. Yes, there might be a, you know, a tech service that can be more efficient and effective. But if you have this, like this relationship with someone that's like trust, then mm-hmm. hopefully that can allow, you know, more sustainability for the trainer. But to your point out of that 150 K, not all of them are going to build their personal brands well, yeah. and they're going to die off, not yeah. die off, but they're going to trickle off and, I mean, you also, I mean, you have to be good at building that personal brand, but you also have to be competent. There's Facts. plenty of, I mean, that's one of the biggest battles going on in the fitness industry is the influencers versus the mm. trainers. It's like they hate each other mm. because the influencers don't know, well, they don't know any of quote, they don't doing. know their shit. And then right. the trainers don't know how to market. And so they just bitch wow. at the influencers and the influencers are like, well, we're just marketing. So wow. you suck. Huh. That makes a lot of sense. So if somebody can figure out how to teach trainers how to market themselves, they might be okay, but I don't see that happening because mm. a lot of trainers also think they know everything. Kind of like a lot of uh, doctors that I know. Mm. Because they're doctors, they know everything. Right. A lot of ego. Yeah. Except not, for not willing to adapt. Except for DJB. I will be with him tomorrow. Nice. Yeah. For the, for the first time with him. I've done chiropractor many many years because i almost broke my spine i ended up breaking my pelvis doing parkour in georgia but like i'm very excited to do like the whole align spines mind type thing tomorrow so it'll be good djb uh speaking of you uh i put a new page on your website last night we got to go over your ads so if you decide to listen to this (laughs) we gotta talk yes where you going you're going over there tomorrow you said uh yep nice yeah, he lined me up. I fucked my back up bad a couple <laughs> weeks ago, and he lined me up, fixed me up. But, uh, man, 
this is a fun conversation yeah man i've really enjoyed it i'm yeah. very grateful for you having me and just you know opening up your space and you know, who's your hospitality and driving you know really interesting conversation it's been fun yeah i'm uh it's always nice for me to actually have somebody i can nerd out with i don't get that very much oh yeah dude so and I it's crazy that. like some of the are similar stories too like that's dope yeah very cool all right man anything you want to leave the, the millions of viewers with <laughs> uh if you want to find out anything about me, hit me up on my website, jeremyrossmiller.com. You can hire me for power hours, speaking, or just connect with me on social media. Good follow. All right, everybody, thank you for listening. This podcast is brought to you by absolutely no one. <laughs> but I hope you enjoyed it. All right, take care. Wait till I give my money right. Give my money right.